You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And today we are going to talk about ACEs. So ACEs, what does that stand for, Bonnie? ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. So this was really, really helpful information for me when I learned this. And I hope that it's really helpful to you all. Because, you know, don't we all just have a friend or acquaintance, maybe we can't even bring ourselves to be friends with them, Mm -hmm. who's like, what is up with them? Why are they always acting that way? Yeah. Well, not even that, but just the person, you know, the guy who cuts you off in traffic. Oh, yeah. Or the guy who's, um, you know, they're going to bring the oversized thing on the airplane and try to cram (laughs) it in the bin overhead and knock into, and you're like, in your head, you're going, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? That's right. That's right. And this is really... um, it's really enlightening. Yeah. It, it gives me so much more empathy. So uh, what it is, is based on a decades-long study that began in the 80s, a series of 10 questions were developed. And um, there began to like emerge this data that showed patterns in humans. Mm-hmm. There was a correlation between what happened in their childhood and in their adult health decades later. Yeah. And okay, that doesn't sound like such a big earth shattering thing, right? Because like what happens to us as kids obviously shapes who we are. We all know that, right? But um, the CDC eventually took all this data and is saying now that it is the prime determinant of adult health. Um, The The prime determinant. Yeah. Like public health crisis, number one. Um, American Academy of Pediatrics says that ACEs are the single greatest unaddressed public health threat facing our nation today. Adverse childhood experiences are. Wow. That that kind of stopped me in my tracks when I first heard that. Because um, I'm like, really? I mean, like cancer and all the things that we hear. But guess where cancer and all that tend to come from? Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to mm-hmm. talk about. Yeah. So ACEs are long-term prolonged negative experiences that tend to cause toxic stress. Now, we've talked on this podcast about stress before. Chores for your children Mm -hmm. are positive stress. Right. Doing something you don't want to do, bringing yourself to do it. Learning something new. Learning something new. That's Mm -hmm. right. Things that are hard and might be frustrating. So some stress, natural stress, is good. Even um, we talked about the Chinese talk about the stress on the body of being in the heat and the cold and -hmm. making your body work. That's actually good stress right. for your body, which is why they think air conditioning's bad and drinking <laughs> cold water with your dinner is bad. All these things. But prolonged negative stress is not good, especially as a kid when your brain is still developing. So in the areas of decision-making and self-control, your brain might not wire correctly. So yeah. think about that. Yeah. So um, that's why you see a lot of... Um, there's been a lot more research recently too about adolescents. We've talked about teens here before, um, how their their brains are just like a two-year-old. They're doing that whole restructuring thing, storming, we might mm-hmm. call it, mm-hmm. um, where your neurons are re, redeveloping and, and adolescents go through a lot of stress, right? Mm-hmm. Junior year is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So that's when they also tend to do risky behaviors 
smoking pot, right? Drinking alcohol, mm-hmm. all the things, having sex with everybody to try yeah. to um, reduce that stress. Um, and that's where addictive behaviors and things like that can arise. Wow. So, so, okay. So how can we do better for ourselves and the kids in our lives, especially the ones who are going through something hard? We want to be the kind of people who can not only empathize and give grace to people, but actually provide help or access to help or be a bridge to help in some way if possible. So instead of asking, which I have done for many years of my life, but I repented of this a while ago. Yeah. Instead of asking what's wrong with you to random people or our own children or our own selves, we need to learn to ask what's happened to you. Think about the different, how does that, it doesn't even sounds different. It mm-hmm. just sits on you differently. Mm-hmm. It makes you way more compassionate and way more um, full of grace mm-hmm. and mercy <laughs> towards mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. So what happened to you? Take that question with you and, and think of the people in your life who... Are being difficult. Who rub you the wrong way. Run into. Yeah. yeah. Who are difficult. We call them EGRs, extra grace required. <laughs> yeah. You know who you are. Yes. Or maybe you don't, but we know who you are. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> so, okay. The CDC sorts um, into three categories. You want to talk about those, Bonnie? These, these ACEs, right? These ACEs, yeah. Um, okay. So the first would be um, abuse which you can think of any kind of emotional abuse, physical, sexual abuse. Um, the em- second emotional abuse that can be raising your voice on a consistent basis. It can the be yelling. It depends yelling. on the personality of the child. Mm-hmm. Some kids are like, meh, you know, yes, give me it's some more loud, of that. No big deal. <laughs> some of them mm-hmm. really take that, you know, yeah. you can just tell some kids you just look at yes. sternly and they'll melt. Yeah, right? that was it's Emma. Like I, I remember, it, like she's one and a half, two years old. We're just beginning to communicate with words, mm-hmm. and I think I said something like, "Oh, Emma, she'd done something." She dissolved into tears. I was like, "I didn't even raise yeah. my voice," and I thought, "Oh my goodness, I got to change how I communicate with this Not person. Yelling. Yeah. She can't even hear that kind of a disappointment in my voice." Yeah. Um, or I need to also train her to not dissolve into tears. <laughs> well, you will toughen that. up. Yeah, but both, both. Yeah, but some people, you know, like your well, your spouse sometimes, my spouse sometimes, you know, you're yelling. Would you yes. just stop yelling? And I'm like, I'm not. I'm not yelling. This is just me being a little <laughs> upset about something. Yeah. So it's just his personality and how perception. he's perceived it, mm-hmm. um, which makes a difference. That your perception is how this is scored perception is reality it, it is free for people it yeah. is. so the second category of aces is household challenges like in your childhood were you a witness to violence did you have substance abuse in the home mental illness were you, was there a parent in jail or did you go through some kind of separation and divorce of your parents wow okay well a lot of us can say yeah mm-hmm. raise your hand to that one mm-hmm. and then the third is uh neglect and remember it's your perception of neglect yes did you feel emotional or physical neglect right right so um this can look like um like parental illnesses even i mean some of us just get dealt a bad hand on mental illness we just it's genetic and we have it and um that becomes an issue yeah the children have to deal with the whole family sometimes they end up taking care of the parent Mm -hmm. versus the other way around Mm -hmm. you know um mom just needs to go and lay down in a dark room Yes. For the entire afternoon. And yeah. that's just what happens in our family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even to the point of uh, parental loss, mm-hmm. you know, and, and death. And we've seen that in family, friends, and just the trauma 
that that it creates. Is, of it's course. a huge trauma. It's yeah. a trauma at any stage of life when you lose a parent. Um, I remember reading somewhere that losing your mother is like it, you become unmoored. Like that was your anchor mm-hmm. in life for a lot of people and you just feel adrift right in life yeah the person's gone right um uh, and then divorce blended family issues um yeah a lot of times when you're blending a family like that you have completely you're bringing in completely different parental approaches and maybe you didn't discuss it so much before but a child has to sort of ping pong between okay this is how my stepmom's gonna do it and this is how my dad's gonna do it mm-hmm. and they have to just negotiate that um, having to move, change schools when all that happens, a big upheaval in kids' lives. Kids love security, and sometimes we can't always give that to them. That's right. That's right. And so, um, like we said, abusive or violent environments at home, addiction, you know, um, this obviously, like uh, chemical abuse, substance abuse, but also just heavy drinking, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't ever really end up in AA for. You just you just overdrink and then it causes the family dynamic to be not good. Right. And you know, there was a lot of that going on in the seventies and eighties. I know there is still today, but, and people just didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And like all these families had the same experience, but no one said anything. No one said anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then poverty, unfortunately in our country, we, there's still plenty of this to go around um, where kids don't have enough to eat. Mm-hmm. They don't have clean clothes. They're embarrassed um, to come to school. And that can even be just from mismanagement. There can be a lot of middle-class families who are just not managing their finances well and their scarcity in the house. Like everything looks okay on the outside. Yeah, but scarcity on the inside, mentality. Yeah. yeah, there's a scarcity mentality. Uh-huh. Then there's feeling neglected, unconsulted, isolated, unheard, minimized, and unvalued. Wow. Right. Now, some of that could be birth order mm-hmm. or personality of your child. Um, that middle child syndrome. Where you fall. Yeah. If you have five or six, if you've got a, a big family, a lot of, I felt that sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of numbers. Yeah. You can't yeah. always give the attention. Right. Right. And then, you know, if, if you're, if you've been sworn at, yelled at, struck, felt unsafe mm-hmm. in any kind of way, mm-hmm. that's part of it too. Yeah. So the, the whole test is a simple test of 10 questions that you can just Google it. It's online. Um, but truly you can, so you're supposed to take it in a context of therapy and somebody who can walk you through mm-hmm. some of these things because um, it can be triggering uh, if you've never actually thought back to what this made you feel like as a kid and what you might have brought into your adulthood. Yeah, I, I went and looked up this test, um, obviously, for this podcast and several years ago when I just started to realize I had some friends. They were, they were good friends, mm-hmm. but, like, there were things going on. And, and as you know more of their background, you can answer these questions for them. For them. Yeah. And, and it gives you much more empathy and compassion and to see, like, how far they've come. Yeah. Um, and, and that, yes, there's still work to go, but, wow, what they were working with isn't – it's not a level playing field. No, for we do everyone. not all start out at the same place. No, no, no. So it's really, really helpful. Some grace. So ACEs are going to happen. These childhood experiences happen in every demographic, every geographical region, every race and ethnic group. Um, it's not just hey, the poor kids in the inner city kind of thing. Definitely true. All of us, yes, have have it some yes. more than others. Most people, you know, I would venture to say all. Mm-hmm. people you know have experienced at least one of them one of the 10 yeah and um 
even if it's your own kid, all of us. I mean, I went back after this. You think, oh, not my kid. Like, no way is my kid have uh-huh, any of these uh-huh. things, right? Um, and hopefully that's true. But and I went back and asked my kids, hey, did you like ever experience any yeah. of this did stuff? Did you feel unheard, Because it's their perception, uh, yes, not right. mine. And um, anyway, if it's not your kid, then it's probably somebody that your kid knows. Mm-hmm. And um, the average score was two. That's what yeah. I got. The average score is two. And... Um, 67% of adults have at least one category and almost 13% have four or more. That yeah. just amazes me that they're walking around functioning. Right. You just never know people's stories you from really, the outside. really, don't. And so let's talk about um, our bodies, like the biological component of this. So toxic stress changes the way our bodies um cope and it alters our stress response systems our brain architecture yeah and it interrupts learning so people with four or more aces were 32 times more likely to be diagnosed with learning and behavioral problems Mm-hmm. so apply that to maybe an adoptive situation or foster care or um, those parents know this already because mm-hmm. they've experienced it they see the kids come in their home and already there's they're delayed in a lot of developmental areas, this could be why. 32 times. Yeah. That's exponentially. That's staggering, isn't yeah, it? Exponentially stacking the deck against them. Mm-hmm. So it makes chemical marks on our DNA. It's just worth mentioning. Um, so recent research suggests that chronic stress can, um, the damage from that can start even when we're conceived and cuts into our very cells. And a number of studies, the kids and I learned this when we were doing biology in high school, and I thought this was so interesting. And there's more and more studies now since we've we've studied it ourselves several years ago, that um, stress is linked with shorter um, ends of your chromosomes, telomeres, I think is what they're called. And those telomeres, as they shorten from stress, your body can like have enzymes that lengthens them back again. But if we're under a lot of chronic stress, we have less of that enzyme. Mm-hmm. Boo. <laughs> so, you know, you get these um, you get these chromosomal components that set you up for uh, greater cellular aging, um, heart disease, diabetes, cancer. And, um, yeah, they're just – there's studies. Uh, Elizabeth Blackburn and uh, – who's the other lady? El- Alyssa Eppel did some studies on this. And – they said the two um, biggest factors that affect our telomere length are chronic, chronological aging and genetics. Okay, good. So that's not stress. Mm-hmm. But stress is now on the map as one of the most consistent predictors of shorter telomere length. And so the type of stress um, determines how big that effect is. And childhood neglect was a really big effect in mm-hmm. their study. So these ACEs... Um, really do affect us at the DNA and chromosome level. Yeah, right. Well, they, you know, I think this stuff is so interesting. Epigenetics that goes back into your, we are born as women with all the eggs that we'll ever have, right? So when you're in your mother's womb, you already have all your eggs already in there. And if your mom or grandmother even was under stress, say they went through wartime or the Holocaust or something like that, that's already implanted in your genetics before you're even out. So you're already starting at kind of a disadvantage you're carrying your grandmother's and your mother's stresses and traumas and stuff with you so there's something to be said you know you hear that um in scripture talks about the curses 
of seven generations are mm-hmm. visited upon and and maybe it's biology yeah it can it, it made me think that that it's not just um behavioral sin that mm. we're talking about like the brokenness of the world goes all the way into the biology yeah of how we're how we're made and um that's not a really encouraging, happy thought, but it does give some explanation <laughs> right. for what's going on. Right. Um, so, so yeah, ACEs, obviously, they're associated with chronic health conditions in children and adults. And the statistics say that um, a higher ACE score will correlate with drug use, alcoholism, suicide, incarceration, risky sexual behavior, and the higher the score, the more your risk. Right. So if you score a one, you're twice as likely to have issues with alcoholism as a person who has zero. But if you score a five, you're five times more likely. Ah, you're increasing the odds. Yes. The likelihood of having those kind of serious issues. Mm-hmm. This is good information to have so you know to be careful. Exactly. With and if you know maybe you're predisposed to alcoholism or you have that in your family already, then be even more careful yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this is not like this sounds all doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not a life determination. Right? Right. Right. I mean, that's the beauty of the human experience, right? Is the overcoming, the conquering, yeah. the striving. So there are ways out. Um, so um, the life expectancy, though, one more bad news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I know, really. um, with a one to two, your life expectancy is 80 years old. But if you have seven on your ACEs score, your life expectancy is 20 years left, less. 60. Right. Because... It goes into all the health things. Mm-hmm. So you're getting more mm-hmm. chronic diseases, more um, behavior issues, your your likelihood of cancer, hepatitis, heart disease, headaches, 16 different kind of autoimmune diseases, diabetes, all of that. Your whole immune system is compromised. Mm-hmm. So you're way more likely to get something that's going to get you. Wow. So so what do we do with our scores, Bonnie? Are, we're not doomed, are we? No, we're not doomed. <laughs> so like surely we know by now that none of us is our worst moment, right? None of us is defined by our sad childhood. Um, None of us is our saddest moment in life. There's more to all of us than that. And all of us, in addition to some of the aces that we may have experienced, we also have positive experiences. Mm -hmm. So focus on those. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, um, I agree with you that we're not the sum of our negative experiences, but I think some of us tell the story that we are. Exactly. Like we, we can, I, I can think of people I've interacted with who had really bad childhoods, really mm-hmm. bad childhoods. And they can just, they just pick out the, here's what I learned in all this difficulty. Mm-hmm. Here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. And then there's other people who are like a victim mentality, right? This was all done to me. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. And that's true. A lot of times you were, but to stay in that place is not helpful. Right. So the difference there is, okay, these things happen to me mm-hmm. versus, but these things are not who I am mm-hmm. um, versus the victim mentality, which is these things happen to me and now this is it. This is who I am forever and ever. And this is what I'm focusing on. Radical difference. Radical difference. In the story. Yeah. And I can even see it in how they, um, yeah, how they manage a career how they can you know hold together a family of their own versus mm-hmm. not being able to I right. do, I see it played out in their yeah. adult lives if but, you're always a victim mm-hmm. there's always someone to blame there's mm-hmm. always an excuse there's always mm-hmm. 
a reason why you can't do the next thing or why, you know, you should be pitied or coddled or any of the other things. And we all need. Yes. Occasionally we all need pitying and we all need coddling and we all want comfort. That's not what I'm saying. But um, to let that just define your whole life and be this is who I am, it just really limits your potential. It limits Mm -hmm. who God made you to be because that's not where God leaves any of us. No, no. And on the flip side of that coin, those of us who have one or two aces, a lower score, it takes a lot of the pride out of like how you've managed your life. When you see like how much opportunity you've had to be set up for success. Like for me, it's like, well, I better do well with my life. I've been given to so whom much many, is given, yeah, right? So many opportunities to thrive. And so, yeah, I'm not, um, I, it, it prevents me from having a, um, what's wrong with you and I'm better than you yeah. kind of attitude to like, wow, I'm so grateful for the opportunities I was given. And yeah, things weren't perfect, but um, there's a perspective here now. There's a spectrum right. that I can see. And it lets you, I think it helps me too, to look at other people completely differently. Oh, so yes. I'm so blessed. I've had, you know, okay, maybe I've had one or two of these things, but man, yes. let me help you. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't know how you're where you are. I. It is a joy to see people with high, high aces like really work hard it's I'm so in awe of them Mm. and I I so respect them and I want them to see themselves like the way I'm seeing them which is like really strong and really brave yes to get through like what they've I just think I've thought before like when these things come out I'm not sure I would live through that Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I wouldn't have been one of these statistics with suicide or drug use or something like that if all of that had happened to me Mm my disposition, my environment, who knows right. what might have happened. It kind of takes away, that sort of makes you think this is the way it's always going to be. Yeah. Which is one of Satan's big lies, by it's, the way. That's so true. <laughs> it's never always the way it's going to be. No. So talk to us about protective factors that we can, once we know our score, um, how can we, how can we have some coping Right. Skills, well, part of it depends on uh, the kind of person that you are, your makeup, your personality, your temperament. So um, that's why sometimes you can see some of these same things happening in one family and one sibling will come out what you think is fairly unscathed and the other sibling crashes mm. and burns because um, it depends on your personality. If you have an, ad- if you're kind of adaptable or flexible, or if you look at life with humor, um, kind of naturally part of who you are then you seem to fare better oh yeah I've seen that with my own eyes yes I've seen this in a um, big traumatic family experience um, and this one child in that family so adaptable just what you're saying just just um, courageous and adaptable and very open and yeah. like with their emotions and so they were able to just get it out yes get it out get it out instead of shoving it all down and that yeah that was just her personality that's luck of the draw that's luck of the draw (laughs) yeah how you're made right so another one is um just some core life skills things that would increase your self-worth or self-confidence um things that make you feel like you're worth paying attention to so when we respond to our baby's cues you know if your baby smiles um if you're making eye contact with them and responding Mm -hmm. with a smile too Mm -hmm. that helps increase that helps them learn self-worth and confidence, right? Um, if you support your child through failing. So, hey, look, you can walk. 
but you're going to fall down. Mm-hmm. You can get back up again. Yeah. The, oh, your tower that you built fell down, but we can build it again. That kind of thing. Um, that's the kind of support I'm talking about. So and, you're talking about preventing, I mean, protection against them. Like, so a mom who's got small children now, if yeah. she's doing these things, she's, she's building that, building these self-protective right. factors in her children. Right. Or if you, as a child, uh, maybe you had some of these other races, but you also were responded to and you also were allowed to okay. fail and go yeah. back up, you know, then those are some protective mechanisms that you have. Maybe your family of origin allowed you to have creative expression. You know, maybe you were into art or music or writing and that allowed you, like you said, to get that out rather than mm-hmm. stuff it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, being a part of something bigger than yourself, your culture, your religion, um, emotional control and self-control, those are all self-protective factors. But that's what gets affected in your brain when you have high ACEs. It does. the ability to self-regulate mm-hmm. an emotional response. So that's, that's a tricky one. It does, but you can, you can learn, right. Make new, like the brain's plastic. It can learn new things. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. Right. Um, and then free play outside Mm -hmm. is always great. Um, first of all, if you're in a, coming from a terrible environment, you're out, you get outside the home. You Mm -hmm. like get outside, turn that noise off for a minute and let your imagination go. Um, you don't have any agenda or any negative talk, um, being out in nature, just sort of helps recenter and refocus you. Um, and then also relationships. I think this is key. Um, especially in a Christian community, we were just talking about this last night, um, in a church setting, I think unlike most any other community, you see it all. My husband says that his favorite part of church is the announcements because every week you're going to have somebody born every week. You're going to have somebody die every week. You're going to, um, there's plenty of people to pray for who are going through, name it mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. so you'll be able to look next to somebody next to yourself in the pew on any given Sunday and say wow like I didn't know you were carrying that and I am too so you have resources um within and that even community with your peers you know even yeah. with your um not your peers but your siblings I'm thinking so like they know better than anyone yeah like what you've gone through it even though you're gonna have different perspectives mm-hmm. on what you went through a lot of times a sibling can help you kind of unpack your childhood I mean, yeah. I've done that with my brother some. Sure, because they see it. Like, how did you see this? A couple years later, maybe. Yeah. Or... And, and how did you perceive this behavior in our parents? Very differently. Yeah, depending on birth order. Depending on birth order <laughs> yeah. and personality. Gender. Really different. We received um, the communication differently. Yes, so interesting. It's so, so interesting. So if you can know that, parents, that your children are hearing you differently and try to speak the way they can hear you mm. and and communicate love languages, you know, the way that they understand them, that you're helping that. We're not perfect. We're never going to perfectly communicate and love, but it, it is helpful. Yeah. Um, so your school relationships, coaches, teachers, right. Those can be formative. I have a couple, don't, don't you? Yeah. Like a couple of teachers. There's always who, that one teacher that <gasps> just meant everything. Yeah. Yeah. And in a situation of bad home experience or a divorce situation or whatever, the, it's like the most, Teachers are the most wonderful people in the world. I think mm-hmm. they just sort of see you. They see you seven hours a day sometimes, mm-hmm. um, way more than your parents do after they start school sometimes. So they recognize, they can see deficits, and they can reach into a kid's life in certain ways and change things. Um, but at least, you just need at least one supportive adult in a kid's life. So if that's not the parent, maybe it's a foster parent. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Just one. It just takes one. So that's 
hopeful. I'm thinking of the influential people in my own life, and yet sometimes our paths only crossed for a year or two. Right. I mean, I, I sometimes think, well, I have to have a relationship like I do with my own children, this mm-hmm. lifelong, you know, year upon year to influence someone. That's not true. Mm-hmm. There are people, there are families that David and I said, hey, we want to do like they did. We were only around them a little bit. Yeah. So you, you just, just never, never know what kind of influence you can have on someone. One year with the teacher in, you know, fourth grade. Right. And that, that just kind of carries with you. So, uh, so we said at the beginning, like maybe it's not your kid, but maybe it's your kid's friend and you don't even know, you don't even Mm -hmm. have a clue. So they're coming over to your house, um, for dinner and the fact that you have a family dinner. Yes. And they've been there, I don't know, twice a month can shake their worldview Mm -hmm. and completely change Mm -hmm. what they think about a family and what they're seeing. Oh, okay. What I'm having at home is not normal Mm -hmm. and I, I can hope for better. Yes. Yeah. You just give them a little glimpse into another way. I remember, I didn't even think anything about it. Exactly what you're saying. We had our kids' friends over for dinner. David said the prayer before dinner. And Emma told me later that um, one of them almost started crying during the prayer. They were like holding back tears. And she was like, why? And she said, I've never heard a dad pray. Wow. Over a family before. See? What? The little things. (gasps) What in the world? Or another friend who was over and... um, when David and I were disagreeing, but not yelling, mm-hmm. like she didn't know how to read that interaction because the only way she'd seen disagreement was yelling. Everything escalates into a yelling fight mm-hmm. and like calmly discussing a situation or maybe going our separate ways to give ourselves some space. She didn't know what to do with that. Right. And she's like, huh. I didn't know you could argue and not yell. Right. Are you kidding me? But they're just kids. Of so course that's they don't what they're know. taking into their relationships. That's what their expectations are going to be right. for their life. And yeah, it's sad. Or parents who like the kids come over. Okay, this is going to stop after a certain age. Although, to be fair, at my house, we just did this the other night with the teenagers. <laughs> but um, where parents join in with a game. Yeah. And it's the kids are not just, you know, shoved off into another room because I'm tired of you. Yes. Like I enjoy spending time with you. You're an interesting person and let, mm-hmm. let's have fun together. Yeah. Yeah. Just modeling healthy interactions, family interactions, social interactions. You just don't know what an influence That's, you might be it's having. It's really, really big. Yeah. Uh, you just, you're like, I picture you just raising them up and helping them see into the horizon a little bit farther than they would have seen before. Yeah. There's a whole world out there of the, of how you can interact with people and how you can cope than what you've been just shown. Right. It's so beautiful. It is. I say that all the time. And I was it, listening to our podcast. I say beautiful all the time. There's lots you? of things that are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, so, and don't feel terrible. If you didn't have all of these, just be aware of what might help you and, and try to seek them out. So find, find that friend yeah. who's, who's got the family like the way you want to be. Whether they're, they're a little bit farther along than you or the same age as you. Yeah. I mean, I used you a lot, Bonnie, and you were only, what, six months, a year farther down the road Something from me like that. in child rearing. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is that person who's just a little bit farther. Just you can just like bit. go right. to them and go, ah. Hang help. out with the people that you want your future to look like. Yes. Not the people that your past look like. That is so key. <laughs> and it's going to feel uncomfortable at first when you do that you might feel like a fish out of water like I don't fit in here but Mm -hmm. that's not true either don't tell yourself that lie no that you're just 
anything that we learn, I always used to tell my kids, everything's hard until it's not. <laughs> when you're learning, you know, when you're learning something and they get frustrated, I can't get this math concept, I can't get this, you know, whatever. It's like, you know what? Yes. And then one day you will have it. Right. And Once it, upon a time you couldn't walk. That's right. <laughs> and I look at you. Yeah. Yeah. So given enough support from adults in their lives, lots of protective factors that we just mentioned, a belief in their own competence and plenty of hope, yeah. plenty of reasons to believe life will get better, we can overcome. Mm-hmm. Kids who believe their future will be better than their present do better across the board. That's so key. Right. So there's not a, there's no like formula. Once you get your ACE score, there's no formula of saying, okay, my ACE score minus my protective factors equals my given outcome. We don't work like that because we're like complicated human beings that have nuances. So, um, but these are just things to be aware of. So if you've never actually thought about it, like, where do you come from? What did your family look like? What did you bring into your marriage? What did you bring into your parenting? Um, are you doing a pendulum swing to try to, um, do the exact opposite or did, was it something you liked and you're trying to mimic it exactly all of that stuff just like think about it and I can I say therapy 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 <laughs> yes 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 can really help you think through these things that are muddled in your head it's just having another person kind of walk you through uh, can be so so helpful um, it's well worth the investment. I mean, just think of it like you would um, any other thing you do to get yourself healthy, like buying the right kind of food to feed your body right. or going to a gym to exercise and you pay a membership. Mm-hmm. Therapy is so worth the investment. Right. And oh. like two generations ago, that was a dirty word. No one did it. No one talked about their stuff. No one said anything. And now I think we've kind of... It's kind of a joke, like, oh, everybody goes to therapy, you know, right? But you do, it doesn't have to be something you do for your entire life. Right. You might need just a couple of aha sessions. Tune up at a different season of life, maybe. Give you a little boost. To, yeah, to, find, to say, hey, I thought I'd conquered this. Let's go back and yeah. revisit a little bit. Yeah, it's it's so helpful. I'm, I'm glad you said that. So, um, and therapy can give you hope. It I mean, can. It shows you hey, there's another way. Mm-hmm. There's another way to cope. There's another way to live. Right. And it helps you redefine that yourself like we talked mm-hmm. about at the beginning. Like, okay, this is just stuff that happened to you. But technically speaking, I mean, hope also increases academic performance in children and young adults. Mm-hmm. It increases graduation rates. It increases career success. Yeah. Did you know there's a, a book by Jessica Leahy, which is great. It's called Addiction Inoculation. I've been reading it. Um and she said that hope predicted test scores and term GPA. Wow. Um, even when you control for previous scores and intelligence and all that stuff, it, pre- it can predict how you do on the LSAT. <laughs> it can pre- like what kind of hope you hold in your life is key to everything. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, one of my favorite uh, Christian authors, Paul David Tripp, um, has a book, New Morning Mercies. It's just a daily devotional. And he's got some great thoughts on hope. I just want to read a little bit. As God's child, you don't sit and wait for hope. No, grace makes it possible for you to get up and live in hope. Gospel hope is a mouthful. It includes so many wonderful provisions that it's hard to get it all in one bite. Yes, biblical hope gives you lots of spiritual nutrients to chew on. Yet many believers seem to live hope-deprived lives. Isn't that the truth? Yep. Perhaps one of the dirty secrets of the church is how much we do out of fear 
and not faith. We permit ourselves to feel small, unable, alone, unprepared, and bereft of resources. We tell ourselves that what we're facing is too big and requires too much of us. We stand at the bottom of the mountains of trouble and give up before we've taken the first step of the climb. We wait for hope to come in some noticeable, seeable way, but it never seems to arrive. We pray, but it doesn't seem to do any good. We want to believe that God is there and that he really does care, but it seems we've been left to ourselves. With each passing day, it seems harder to have hope for our marriages, our children, our churches, our friendships, or just the ability to survive all the trouble with our faith and sanity intact. We wonder, where is hope to be found? Well, what we fail to understand is that we don't have a hope problem. We have a sight problem. Hope has come. What, you say? Where? Hope isn't a thing. Hope isn't a set of circumstances. Hope isn't a first set. It isn't first a set of ideas. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. He came to earth to face what you face and defeat what defeats you so that you would have hope. Your salvation means that you are now in a personal relationship with the one who is hope. You have hope because he exists and is your savior. You don't have a hope problem. You have given hope that is both real and constant. The issue is whether you see it. Paul captures the problem this way in Ephesians 1. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might? Paul prays that we will have a well-working spiritual vision system so that we will see the hope that we have been given in Christ. That's what we can give ourselves. Right, and that's what we can give our kids. That's what we can give our kids because it's because of what Christ has done. There's living hope. And your problems, they may be the same. The next day when you wake up. Yeah, nobody's promising to change your circumstances. But the there's so much hope in transformation and mm-hmm. rising above because of what Christ did on our beh- behalf. Because we're already perfect, but not yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's already, but not yet. We're You're already, um, your sins are already covered, but you're still acting, learning how to act rightly. Yeah. And, and that's what part of this is, is... Um, the sins that were visited on you that you didn't weren't do your anything fault. to deserve, yeah. that weren't your fault, um, that does that doesn't have to own you anymore, right? And and being aware of aces and the protective mechanisms you can put into your life, and having that living hope in Christ, that's a powerful combination. I've seen it with my own eyes, mm-hmm. for sure. And in one friend in particular, I am in awe of the work she's done in three years. Mm-hmm. And then with this information and to, yeah, to extend that to somebody else by, let's just look at everyone differently. Everyone's got their yes. story. Everyone's got their stuff. doesn't matter how lo- put together they look on the outside. We all have a thing. And so instead of asking what is wrong with you, let's just ask what happened to you and how can I help? Mm. I love that. That's a great yeah. last word. So the resources that we mentioned, um, the websites and things will be on our website at justaskyourmom.com. And you can find us on Facebook at Just Ask Your Mom and on Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. If you're listening to this, please rate us and leave a review or a comment. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or topics, suggestions, you can email us at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on 
Just, Just ask, ask your mom. mom.